0: We know that many of our readers like to share their copy of the Church Times with others. That may not be possible at the moment. As an alternative, we're offering a short-term discounted subscription. Just £1 a week for 10 weeks. That includes UK delivery and there's no obligation to renew. You can purchase the subscription for yourself or as a gift for someone else. You'd enjoy all of our usual subscriber benefits. The paper in the post each week, all the news at churchtimes.co.uk, access to the digital archive the app for iPhone and iPad, and listening to this podcast. To purchase a subscription, go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash 10 weeks. I'm joined this week by Gareth Sorsby, Joint Chief Executive of YMCA Exeter. Hello, Gareth.
1: Hi, Ed. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're very welcome. Um, as we start, could you just tell us a bit about the YMCA and, and what it does? Yes, certainly. Uh, so there's... 116 YMCA's
1: across the UK and each one is completely autonomous they actually started back in the 1840s by a young southwest uh, farmer's son who moved to London and he was shocked by the conditions there so he started a Bible study group in his dormitory for young people young workers to stay away from the kind of the sin of the city and to spiritually build up and encourage and it quite quickly spread across the world Uh, There's been a YMCA in Exeter since 1846. Now I've not been there that long. Um, So each YMCA is completely autonomous, which means they they respond to local needs. So here in Exeter, our biggest need is around young people's housing, particularly those at risk of homelessness, sofa surfing. Um, We also run a lot of youth services across the city as well and beyond into the rural areas of Devon. Uh, Family Works, we partner with a bunch of churches to reach out into communities. Uh, and we are a small staff team with, with thirty staff members, all Christians, all from various different walks of church life from Roman Catholic uh, to pentecostal high anglican you name it we 're there and we think that this way of delivering our services and bringing our faith to what we do is is just is, is the gospel in in kind of in action really
0: and, and this period of lockdown i mean it 's been incredibly challenging for everyone, but particularly for young people and what have been the what's been the sort of impact on young people, particularly in terms of, of mental health?
1: Yeah, it has been, has been huge. I think varying from even youth clubs where schools closed quite rapidly, people weren't prepared for that. People were lining up to sit their GCSEs um, to young people who didn't really know what they were going to do themselves. They're sofa surfing, um, haven't got anywhere long term to stay. Suddenly people don't want them on their sofas anymore because they're not meant to have people in their houses. So anxiety levels have have rocketed. Uh, 80% of the young people that we support have have said that they struggle with self harm, depression, or anxiety already, uh, and that has just been it's, it's just been huge within lockdown. It's just increased massively. So I think we've really wanted to see how we can support that as much as possible. I think we've also seen a huge increase in referrals for young people that are at the receiving end of domestic violence. So those under 30 um that are needing somewhere to live because they're they're now cooped up with someone who's abusive and that's not always uh just an abusive male it could be the opp- opposite way around as well it can be parents so yeah i think it's it's just been huge in, on all levels really The the impact of this has been massive and uh, so mental health has been the, the biggest concern and i think as we kind of ease out of lockdown we'll see that rise even more
0: and um I suppose you have young people with, with physical, long-term physical health problems as well. I and mean, what, What's it been like for them, accessing treatment and things like that?
1: Again, yes, it's been very difficult. I think uh, myself as a type 1 diabetic, I've not been able to get to any of my appointments. They've all been cancelled. and That's fine. I'm, I'm fairly able to cope with that. But we do have a number of residents who rely on, um, on health professionals to help them. Uh, we've got a young girl called Katie who struggles with fibromyalgia and uh, she's actually written a blog on our website uh, just about how she's coped through this, but she's not been able to get physio appointments. Uh, she had delays in her medication. So she has really struggled, but she's found coping mechanisms. So I actually have been really surprised and are really pleased with the resilience of young people actually, how they do get on with it. They do figure out ways to cope uh, and they do reach out for support where they can get it as well. So.
0: And, and economically, I suppose a lot of, um, young people would have been um, affected by this by the period of lockdown
1: definitely particularly those that that were employment we do have a couple of young people who have, have lost jobs or they've been put on furlough I don't think we had any self-employed recently but there's a couple of ex-residents who we still keep contact with who have gone self-employed uh, and they've not been able to access the, the scheme to because they've not been working long enough to, to access that government support we have just been, tried to be creative as possible, so make sure that we're flexible on rents, um, that we've we've created a little rent bursary, and there's been lots of um, support from the community who've donated into our pot there to help support young people that can't pay their rent or are struggling to. But yeah, the economic impact is huge. We know that young people are the most likely to have lost jobs in this. Up to a third of what year, i lost their job through lockdown. Um, so it will be interesting to see how we kind of scrape that back over the coming months, really.
0: And You must have had to adapt your services quite radically when you can't be physically present with people. Is, is that right? Yeah, well, it's twofold,
1: really. So with our housing accommodation, what we've continued as normal, we're, we're key workers. So our staff have been on site. We've changed that face to face dramatically so we can no longer do our big group work sessions all that we've ever done is about getting young people out of their rooms and into community and working alongside us and through lockdown we've been doing the opposite of that saying stay in your rooms we'll contact you Uh, so that has been very difficult but again our young people have been brilliant we've just our staff have been really creative in terms of what they can put out online uh, what groups they can do that are socially distant youth groups was a bit more of a challenge actually we we straight away went straight to running zoom youth groups and very small numbers attending that. And I think the difference there is that with an open access youth club, you have everything there. You have a, an activities area, you have some sports, you've got some baking, you've got a, an area where people can explore a conversation, maybe about faith. Um, and to do that on a Zoom call is virtually impossible. So we uh, we learned that quite quickly. And our team have been massively creative in terms of doing baking on Instagram. Um, they've run a kind of a coffee shop once a week. They have done the Zoom sessions as well. Scrabble with young people online, anything we can. But our work in, in the rural areas of Devon is actually a bit more tricky because of the broadband issue. So we do have people that just don't have access to, to mobile phones. I know many young people do have mobile phones, but they, some of them do not, and they don't have access to the internet. So we have had to adapt to phone calls. We do, have done some visits up in North Devon. Yeah, so anything we can to just give some support in this time has been vital
0: and obviously with schools closing i mean some schools are opening up for some at the moment but there must have been a lot of anxiety about young people who had exams coming up places in further education and um, also just the lack of social contact with with their peers
1: yes definitely and i think those that were waiting for their gcse's is the is the biggest issue actually i think they were the the first small group of young people that we we tried to gather um on zoom just to kind of talk that through we had a, a group of young girls just outside of Exeter, who they were just distraught by this. They'd, they'd worked for so long to get to a place where they were ready. And now they have no idea when that's going to be. I think there's also a huge anxiety about going back now as well. Um, I know it's, it's very split across the country and there's no right or wrong, but there is huge anxiety about, is it right to go back? Is it, is it going to be safe? We do have a number of young children, obviously, that uh, struggle with abuse at home um, and there's safeguarding issues there. And I think that is really worrying as well, that there's lots of young people that don't want to be at home uh, and it's not the place for them to be. I think there's more young people in dangerous situations than we realise, because I think the the reduction in safeguarding concerns and there not being somebody to talk to. I think there's, there's a lot more going on that we know about. And I do believe that as as we ease out of lockdown, those issues will start to raise to the surface. And I, I, I hesitate to say it, but we might be in a national crisis of safeguarding issues here because there is just so... Uh, I found it myself being at home with, with young children. It is all consuming and it's really hard. Uh, and if you haven't got the law to, to lean on and to to help you through this. How are you gonna get through that? And I do think that many young people will be at the suffering hand of that. Um, so I think there's gonna be a lot of input needed to, to rectify that situation and bring about some change. I guess on the flip side of that, there's also parents that receive abuse from, from children too. Uh, so it's it's a bit of a melting pot, I think. So the anxiety around schools has been huge. And I think young people are gonna need a lot of support moving through this to get back to a place where they can return to education well. University is an interesting one. Um, we have a few of our young people that, that go on to higher education. I don't think that's going to be happening in the in the short term. But We also have two staff members. We launched a wellbeing project during lockdown. Um, we've got two staff members are on a trainee scheme with Exeter University and uh, all of their content has obviously been moved online. And I think they've found that. They've again shown great resilience, but they found it difficult to not be meeting with their their other thirty uh, classmates and to talk that through and to to really learn well with their peers. So yeah, very interesting times.
0: Just a little bit about young people when when they're at home during the lockdown. I, think I read a blog on your website about um, gaming that quite a lot of parents are worried about. Is it sort of addictive behaviours around gaming? Could you say a bit about that?
1: Definitely, gaming is is addictive. It is one of those things that I think is now listed as a uh, as it can be a, a syndrome i think it's called whereas there is an addiction to it so but there's nothing wrong with gaming in itself just like everything else if it's done in moderation it's done well um and we re- we've been really encouraging parents to engage with children on it rather than saying no don't or banning it or kind of engage really well with it so we we've done some work with a, a chap called uh, andrew who uh he's done various events at, about safe gaming, he's got a new book coming out called Taming Gaming. Uh, so he's he's done an event in the cathedral here, which was how to do a, a church service using gaming as well, just to kind of make it more normal because it is the normal for many young people. But it's great for parents to get to grips with kind of game ratings, why games are rated as they are, um, what they can engage with, what they can't engage with, and also understand the practicalities of how you link with people online how you can make some of those things safe as well there's many tools out there but people just don't know about them so there is some resources on our website and people are very welcome to go and jump on there and 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 steal them if they'd like to
0: and is there anything specific you'd like to see from the government in in terms of policies or or investment to help young people cope with the effects of lockdown particularly as as it eases
1: yeah certainly i think the biggest thing would be around youth services and early intervention so we know that since 2010 youth services have been cut by 69 percent uh, over four and a half thousand youth workers have lost their jobs and over 750 youth centers have closed nationally the support for young people has been constantly been eroding uh, you think about mental health services and the privatization of cams led to some of our young people would be suicidal yet have to wait a year to to see a professional for that which meant Charities like us and churches have had to step in and provide services, so I would I'd say that the government really needs to, to prioritise young people and reinvest in youth services. YMCA England have a, a national campaign on that at the moment and we would fully back that.
0: Can I ask a final question about how um, churches' youth work ties in with what you do and also what churches can do yeah. as funding has been cut for youth services?
1: Yeah. So locally across Exeter, our strategy is that we've got a a really great small professional youth team that uh, degrees in theology and youth work. They they love what they do. And there's many churches that want to serve their communities that don't necessarily have the tools or the knowledge to do that. So our strategy has been to partner with churches in local areas to set up uh, a a youth group or a kids group or even family outreach. Uh, We're doing that as well. And we provide that for two years but we train up local volunteers from the church to run that and we give them an exit strategy so that after two to three years our staff can remove and the church has got a fully uh, functioning community service there and we think that that's a really good model uh, so we're running that with uh, baptist church and anglican church and various others across the city and we, we really love that that approach we don't think it's very productive to just float in a youth worker from a professional service always and we think that churches have a great Um, a great asset in buildings and people but they do need that that knowledge that skill set to handle particularly um, non-churched vulnerable young people there's certain characteristics that come with that that you just need to be able to to handle you need to have the resilience to be able to do that well Uh, so we'd love to partner with more churches to do that Uh, I'm sure there's many YMCA's that would love that as well
0: and so your if you want to find out more your website is
1: website is www.ymcexeter.org.uk or just Google YMC Exeter. When you land on the front page, there's a COVID-19 response page and there's loads of free resources in there. Whether you're a parent at home looking for something to do with your kids, uh, you're a young person, and you're struggling with some well-being and mental health issues. There's some stuff on there that you can access free of charge. Um, Lots of stuff on there. The gaming things is on there as well. So it's a great resource. It's free to anyone to take, whether you're a youth worker or a parent. Um, Yeah, have a look.
0: I'm assuming people in other parts of the country could find their local YMCA for for similar things.
1: Yes, as I said, every YMCA is completely autonomous, so they do do different things. Some run gyms, um, some of them have colleges, so many do run wellbeing and youth services. So yeah, do reach out to your local YMCA. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website,